This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Keith Niebuhr with Auburn Undercover and 24-7 Sports. And this is the Auburn Undercover and Inside the Auburn Tigers podcast. This is going to be a show where we're going to talk a little recruiting and a little bit of team, and there's no better guest to bring in. He's not even really a guest. He's my coworker, and he could host this show probably better than I could, to be honest with you. And that's Jason Caldwell. Uh, Jason, glad to have you. It's game week, finally. Uh, Auburn kicking off on September 26th, which is this coming Saturday, at home against Kentucky. There were times this spring where you and I talked. We didn't think there was going to be a season. A week later, we talked. We thought there'd definitely be a season. Uh, well, we're here. And uh, just your general thoughts on finally getting to this point. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Just kind of now you go, hey, just make it five or six more days. That's what you're looking for now, you know, to just get to Saturday. Um, you know, we've seen teams get close, and then on Friday or even Thursday. So you're, you're, you're almost there. You basically tell the guys now, hey, you've, you've made it now just a few more days and, and get, this, get this show on the road. So, um, yeah, just looking forward to it, I, I think, is the biggest thing. So many questions, so much uncertainty, um, what to expect. You know, normally would have seen – even a little bit of practice. So you kind of – we haven't, you know, really seen these guys other than just a, a couple of clips here or there. So, man, this this thing, um, you know, is about as, uh, about as I guess, many questions as you could have coming in with Chad Morris coming in. So lots of, lots of things to look forward to on Saturday. Yeah, we'll get to the game itself a little bit later. But, man, you're right, so many questions. First game of the season against a good team, new offense, no spring practice, COVID – uh, not nearly as many fans will be in the stadium as we're used to seeing. Just uh, so much uncertainty. It's going to be a wild season, but you know what? Maybe it'll end up being one of the more memorable ones uh, of our lifetime. Who knows? And, and maybe Auburn will be primed for big things. We'll find out starting this weekend. But first, recruiting, Jason, and, and you and I obviously do a lot of recruiting for 24-7 sports. And over the week, and uh, I ran a story, who could be next to commit for the Auburn Tigers? And listed a handful of guys uh, the one guy we have a date on, though, uh, who set an announcement date is Jeremiah Williams. He's a four-star outside linebacker slash buck linebacker. He's really an edge rusher, although he wants to be more than that. He wants to be a guy that drops into coverage and does all those things. But he set his commitment date for October 10th. So he's one of the guys we're going to be watching as a potential who could be next to commit. Kamari Lasseter, an outstanding cornerback from Tuscaloosa, who you saw this weekend. Uh, He's a guy that we're keeping an eye on. Five-star cornerback, Jaquincy McKinstry of Pinson Valley, Alabama. Another guy that could do it sometime soon. Five-star linebacker, Smile Mondin of Georgia. He could do it fairly soon. Certainly, we think this fall. Uh, and, and then, you know, there's a guy, Nylon Green, a four-star corner out of Georgia. Auburn in the top three with him. Uh, and then finally, a guy who's going to announce October 14th, five-star offensive tackle, Marius Mims. Jason, I'm sure you'd agree with me. He probably seems like the long shot of the group. But my question to you is, we'll start with Mims, the, the long shot. Uh, fans on our message boards think it's a waste of time. Some of them think it's a waste of time to go after the high-end guy who probably – quite frankly, isn't going to end up at Auburn. At least we don't think so. 
I kind of think that you, you have to go after those guys and, and give it the best you got. And, and quite frankly, you know, if you're Jack McNeil, Auburn's offensive line coach, Chad Morris, Gus Malzahn, you're only going to recruit eight to 10 tackles in the whole country in a class anyway. Uh, you're not going to sign that many. That's how many you're recruiting. You have the time. You, it's not like you're pulling resources. You're not robbing Peter to pay for Paul. But Jason, what are your thoughts on that? A guy like that, is he worth the effort or is he not worth the effort if you think it's going to be a long shot? If, it, if he's a guy that's showing you interest, and Amarius Mims has done that. I mean, he visited several times. He came to I – mean, heck, he came to a basketball game right before all this stuff started. Uh, you know, one of the last places he – maybe the last place he visited was Auburn. So, um, you know, before all this started. So, I mean, you look at him, um, I think it's absolutely worth it. He's shown interest in Auburn. Uh, it was a need area. Um, and, and so, it would be different if he was a guy that lived in California that you were really putting a whole lot of emphasis in doing those things. That's not the case. I mean, this guy's, you know, pretty close to home, um, you know, and so I think it's absolutely worthwhile to recruit a guy like that. Like I said, especially this, this year, even more so because they've had more time than ever um, to be able to do, you know, Zoom visits, to be able to FaceTime, all that stuff with all this going on. So you were able to do much more in terms of building that relationship than maybe they would have in the past. As everybody who follows recruiting closely knows, it's a dead period. It's been a dead period since uh, since March. And what that means is um, coaches can't go visit kids and evaluate them and meet with meet with their coaches at the high school level or academic people at the schools or go to games or any of that stuff, can't watch practice. And then in turn, the recruits can't visit a school like Auburn and meet with the coaches and tour the facilities. However, they can visit on their own, on their own dime, if they're passing through or just want to go hang out with friends, but they can't meet with coaches. They can't go into the Auburn athletic complex. They can't go watch practice or anything like that. Uh, But it is concerning with Amarius Mims that as far as we know, he hasn't been to Auburn since the dead period began in March. He was at Auburn twice before it started, uh, once in February and once again in March. But he has taken trips to other schools, both Tennessee and Georgia. And I think that is uh, somewhat telling. I think at, at best, Auburn's probably sitting in third for Marius Mims. But, Jason, of those other guys we mentioned, uh, Jeremiah Williams, four-star uh, pass rush guy from Birmingham Ramsey, uh, October 10th is his announcement date. And, again, the other guys, none of them have a da- announcement dates. From that group that I gave you, which one do you think – is probably the next to join the Auburn commit list. Do you think it's Jeremiah? That would be my choice. Yeah, that'd be mine too. You know, and he's a guy that, heck, I don't even know when. I, I put a crystal ball in for him a long time ago just because, you know, you know, talked to him maybe that first time last fall sometime, him talking about, you know, family, uh, you know, grew up an Auburn fan, those kind of things. And uh, doesn't always work out that way. Um, but I think this one at least continues to trend in that direction for Auburn and, you start talking about players in this class that, that are important ones. And, and, and I think we both think Jeremiah Williams is one of those for a number of reasons. You know, first of all, he's an in-state guy. Second of all, he's a potential pass rush guy that you, that you're looking for. And so because of that, he, you know, he, he becomes a, a, a very big part of this class should he join it. Yeah, I agree. So I was looking up, some statistics here, you know, Jeremiah Williams in the, the industry generated 24 seven sports composite. It's the number five player in the state of Alabama. Uh, Auburn has commitments from the number three and number four players in the state of Alabama. Number three, Lee Hunter defensive tackle from Blunt high school down in, uh, in the mobile area. And then Armani Goodwin, the four-star running back at Hewitt Trustville um, up in the Northern part, uh, uh, you know, up uh, uh, just North of Birmingham. So they've got two of the top five. Jeremiah Williams would give them three of the top five, 
and they're still in it with number two, Dylan Brooks. They're still very much in it. In fact, the crystal ball leaders for Jaquincy McKinstry, the five-star corner, who is said to be pretty good friends with Jeremiah Williams. Those two guys actually play this Friday night uh, against each other. Pinson Valley, uh, Jaquincy McKinstry's team, uh, you hear people say Kool-Aid. That's who they're referring to. Uh, and Jeremiah Williams at Birmingham Ramsey. So Ramsey versus Pinson Valley Friday night in the Metro Birmingham area. A big game. So Auburn really potentially could land four of the top five guys uh, in state. And that's before you consider the fact they're still recruiting Dylan Brooks, who's committed to Tennessee, a four-star pass rusher. But uh, uh, Jason, could Jeremiah wins again? Auburn's got 13 commitments right now. The number 19 class in the country average rating per commit is four stars. It's a solid class. Uh, but Lee Hunter's the highest ranked guy at number 63 in the country. Jeremiah Williams also a top 100 guy. So that would be a big addition. Could that get the ball rolling for Auburn? I mean, they're sitting out there with, again, a lot of big name guys. We just mentioned a bunch of, bunch of them there. I think you look at it and you start thinking about, you know, momentum. Momentum's so important, especially this year, because, you know, you said you hadn't had visits. You hadn't had all these things that you normally have. And that's how you kind of build momentum and see things going. But, I think you start, you know, looking at a guy like Jeremiah Williams, Kool-Aid, uh, mentioned Kamari Lassiter. There's a group of in-state guys that that you could really have an impressive in-state recruiting class if you get, you know, especially if you get all three of those guys. When you think about that, you know, I'm running a good one already and Lee Hunter, some of these, you could, ha- you could build some big-time momentum in this class. And you know, these are guys, especially a guy like Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid's a guy that has, has been one of these guys for – you know, really since he was a sophomore, um, a, you know, AAU basketball guy, he knows a lot of people and he's a guy that's a very familiar name. And that, that anytime you can do that, uh, you know, you can have an opportunity to, to, uh, to catch the eye of somebody else. Uh, all fantastic players. But of the guys I've mentioned, Jeremiah Williams, uh, Quincy McKinstry, cornerback, and then another cornerback, Kamari Lasseter, and then the five-star linebacker, Smile Mondo, and the four-star corner, Nylon Green. And obviously, if, if you could get Amarius Mims a five-star tackle, that one probably would, would be the biggest of that group. But of, of the, the most realistic guys, Jason, which one do you think is the most important to, to get for Auburn? You know, I mentioned um, you know, Jeremiah Williams. I, I think any time you can get a pass rush guy and a potential guy like that, I, those guys are so valuable nowadays. Um, yeah that to me, that one jumps out to me as a guy just because you look at him and I just see potential. You know, like I said, watched him a couple of times, seen him in practice, and he, to me, he has, he's a guy that when he gets in a strength and conditioning program, gets in college, he could be a dominating pass rusher, and, and those guys uh, change a de- they change a defense. All right. Uh, before we get to our next segment, we've got to pay some bills. Let's go to a commercial break real quick, and we'll be back. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, and we're back. Keith Niebuhr with Auburn Undercover and 24-7 Sports joined by Jason Caldwell. Jason, you saw one of Auburn's biggest targets play uh, Friday night. That's three-star corner. And, I, gosh, I, I, 
you know, neither one of us think he's a three-star or should be. Uh, but, you know, we're sort of, at least I am, I feel like I'm impartial to in-state kids just because I see them more. I see, even though I live in Georgia, I see the Georgia and Alabama kids so often that I just kind of, I kind of gravitate toward them. But Kamari Lasseter, six feet, 185 pounds, number 11 recruit in the state of Alabama for the 24-7 sports composite. Uh, again, you watched him play Friday night. He's down to a bunch of teams, but most people think, and he's got about a six or seven teams, most people think it's going to come down to, in reality, Auburn, Georgia, Clemson. Now, Auburn's going to sign uh, maybe even up to three more corners, which would give them four corners in the class. Georgia wants to take four or five. Clemson may only sign one corner in the class. So that's kind of what that what those Tigers have working for them. But he's an outstanding player. And I watched his film a lot last week, Jason, and, and what a couple of things struck me. One, the acceleration. Uh, once a guy caught a ball or once he had to once he spotted the ball carrier, really got from point A to point B fast. Uh, there was just some explosion in his legs. And then I felt like he was tough. And so what is your in-person evaluation of Kamari Lasseter, who's a, a, really a name that Auburn fans want to know and need to know because Auburn's very much in the picture? When you watch him, you know, the, the couple things stand out. One of them was, you know, when they talked to him, he said he likes to hit. And, you know, a lot of high school DBs may say that. Not a ton of them deliver. He does. He's a guy that plays physical He's a he's a, he has got a complete wide receiver too, um, but I mean he's straight up defensive back. He's a corner, you know. Watched him play Friday night against a you know UCLA running back commitment, and because of that, his coach said, "Look, we're going to put you at safety because we want you to be downhill. We want you to get in the run game," and he delivered. Um, you know they they held um, they held Deshaun Morrell to to less than 100 yards on 32 carries, um, which was really impressive. And um, so you look, Kamari Laster. I mean he is a a talented guy. Uh, to me, I, you know, I've seen a bunch of guys this year. He's he's right there among the best players I've seen in this class. I think as a as a three star right now, I think he's as good. He's the biggest deal as you could have if you if you get him as a three star crowd. You know, people say, you know, why doesn't Auburn? Why can't they go out and get the five star corners? Well, they the, the guys they put in the NFL in recent years at corner were four star guys and three star guys and some really good players. By the Carlton Davis was barely a four star, and you're talking about a guy that. I heard one of the announcers uh, on TV the other night say they felt like Carlton Davis with the Tampa Bay Bucks was one of the 10 best corners in the, in the NFL, Jason. Yep. Uh, so you don't have to have – I mean, look, you want the elite guys, but is there really that big of a difference between, you know, a top three corner and a guy that's maybe the number 11, 12, 13 corner? I mean, then you got to develop the guys and all that. You know, so I, I'm not saying rankings don't matter, but Auburn specifically has had great success with guys – ranked about where Kamari is and he's got a chance to move up I've, I've I've talked to some people and they think that it's possible just got to keep doing what he's doing uh Jason any feel for his recruitment I mean again I think it's going to come down to Auburn Georgia Clemson he's a relationships kid he's a high IQ kid by the way I need to point that out extremely high high IQ he gives you quotes that you don't get from about anybody else uses words that that 17 18 year olds don't often use you know, he's hard to read, though. He's not really giving away too many hints, but being that he's a relationships guy and being that he supposedly has a great relationship with much of the Auburn defensive staff and head coach Gus Malzahn, you have to feel like Auburn's got a, as good a shot as anybody, maybe better. Absolutely. I, I think you look at it and, and you know, when you when you talk to him, when you hear him and, you know, it's it's funny you hear people talk about he, he's, he sounds like or he sounds like an Auburn guy that – it kind of fits with him. It really does. I mean, you know, I asked him about what he worked on last, you know, he said, oh, leadership. He wants these guys to understand that he wants to be the leader, you know, of this team. And 
Um, but he's looking for home, atmosphere. All those things are really important to him. Um, those are things that when you hear people talk about Auburn, those are things you bring up. So I think uh, I think Auburn is, is there. They've been recruiting him as hard or maybe harder than anybody this entire time because um, you know, Gus Malzahn's made him one of his guys. And um, he's done that with a few of these guys we mentioned, Kool-Aid and Jeremiah Williams are, are, are a couple of guys that Gus has taken um, – a more active role with as well. And so, um, yeah, I think you, you start looking at the things he brings to the table and I think Auburn's there, but you're right. I, I would, I would guess Auburn, Clemson, Georgia would be my three schools to watch as well. You know, and Auburn really, like I said, needs a pretty large DB class this cycle. Um, some guys are going to be moving on in the next couple of years. A guy, Jamie and Sherwood um, could even leave after this season early for the NFL. I mean, he's got to go out and perform at a high level, obviously. Auburn's got uh, two Defensive backs committed right now. Kamal Haddon, uh, one of the top JUCO corners in the country, and then Philip O'Brien, a safety out of Florida. Uh, and then they have a third guy, Tavares Dawson, who's one of the fastest players in the South. He's committed as an athlete. He'll get a shot at receiver and corner. Some people think that he ends up at DB long-term. He's got a best 100 meters time of under 10.6 seconds, and that was recorded during his sophomore year. So uh, some good guys on board, but uh, the potential to really finish strong for Auburn, especially if they can land Lasseter, Jaquincy McKinstry. I think Nylon Green's probably a little bit more of a long shot, but Auburn's still hanging around there. Um, all right, let's go to one more commercial break here. We'll be back to talk about the Auburn-Kentucky game and uh, about some question marks that Auburn needs to have answered. All right, Jason, you had a story uh, just over the weekend about that, you know, Auburn, there's still some questions that remain. There's still a lot of questions. I mean, Bo Nix isn't much of a question. I mean, you could say that, you know, what kind of development does he make from year one to year two? But he's been there, done that. He's won some big games. And you need to be more consistent, obviously. Yeah, but he, he's been there and done that. Uh, Seth Williams, same thing. Some of the guys on defense. But there are some areas where there are a lot of questions. And, and Jason, none is probably bigger than the offensive line. And that's what a lot of your story was focused on. Only one returning starter, Bradarius Ham, uh, and that's Nick Brahms, by the way, the center. Bradarius Ham uh, is so well thought of, though, that he was a preseason second team All SEC choice, uh, and he was a backup last year. But he'll be your starter, likely at right tackle, and, and a bunch of new faces out there. So, how will <laughs> what will be the telltale sign? Telltale sign. That's that's a tongue twister for me, Jason. How will we know if Auburn's O-line is, is headed in the right direction during Saturday's game? Will, be, will there be some giveaways, a rushing number, a amount of sacks given up, a, a win? I mean, what, what in your mind would be the, hey, okay, I like what I see. They've got some potential here. I, I think if, just, if, if they can, you know, have some sustained drives um, and, and keep Bo Nix upright um, against this Kentucky team, obviously – the running game, um, you know, any, anytime you want to line up, you want to be able to run the football. And I think that's something – but I don't necessarily think you have to go out and run for 300 yards. But I think, uh, you know, just be able to execute the offense. And, you know, we've seen it the last few years. There's been some teams, you know, on the when the offensive line struggled that couldn't execute its offense. And uh, I think you can go out and execute your offense against a – I think he's a really good Kentucky team, especially defensive front seven. Um, they got – five or six starters back, some other guys that play a lot of football. Um, this is going to be a big-time challenge. And so I think for this offensive line, just going out and kind of looking the part um, and being able to get out there and run the ball, uh, limit negative plays, those kind of things, I think that that will, will show you that you're on the right track. 
been a lot of chatter out there about this offensive line from pundits across the country, some we work with even. Uh, some of it's been positive. Some of it's been not so positive. Based on you talking to your, your sources, you, you know, you're pretty well connected, obviously. Not as much as, as me, obviously, but no, you're very well connected. But talking to your sources, Jason, what, what, you know, what's their feeling on the O-line? What, what's the vibe over at, uh, you know, one Tiger place? <laughs> I, I think that uh, they feel like this, this group has a chance to be pretty good. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, you just don't know what to expect because you, you've had some scrimmage situations, um, but, you, you know, you've had limited time with a, not only a new offense in Chad, Chad Morris. Now it'll be a lot of the same things but a new offensive line coach. So you've had to replace four starters with a new offensive line coach as well and didn't have spring practice. And so um, how quickly can can you adjust to his coaching style, all those things? But I, I do believe this group has a chance to be more physical than they were last year. Um, and if you can do that in the RPO game that, that Auburn wants to do, that, that should allow you to do some things if that holds up. And, you know, obviously Brodarius Ham at right tackle, um, Brandon Council at right guard has been maybe one of the, the the better players in this group coming in. The grad transfer from Akron, just because you know six four three twenty five. He's they played him at four different positions on the offensive line. He's a guy they can move around, and they they really like what they've seen from him. I think the key is is what you get out of left tackle. If Austin Troxell can go, is it Alec Jackson? Who is it, and how does that position hold up? Um, I think that'll be one of the keys that you have to watch, especially in this first game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that power running game on the right side of the line. I think that's where you're going to see it. We've we've been hearing for a couple of years how dominant Brodarius Ham has been in practices, and uh, curious to see if that was legit. You know, who knows, right? We we really don't know. We haven't seen enough of him to know for sure. Defensive line, Jason, you replaced some really good players: Derek Brown, top ten pick; Marlon Davidson, second round pick; Nick Coe. Uh, you know, coming off a year that wasn't his best, but at times during his career was a guy that really flashed and, and had some big-time games. So there's uh, – you know, they're having to replace some good players there. Who's the key up front uh, to you? Give me one or two guys that you think need to perform at a high level for this line to be one where we don't think, boy, they're really missing a lot of guys from last year, every, every series, you know? Yeah, we mentioned it when we were talking about Jeremiah Williams. you, you got to find a pass rusher, whether that's – Big Cat Bryant, whether it's T.D. Moultrie, whether it's, you know, Derek Hall, whether it's a guy like Colby Wooden who's really come on and, um, you know, the redshirt freshman from over in uh, Archer High, Lawrenceville, Georgia right there, uh, has, yeah. has, has come on and had a good preseason I think we, we both of us all – I didn't mean to interrupt, but we both – you yeah. and I both thought he was an under – I hate to say underrated. We work with guys that rank guys. It's a hard job. Maybe undervalued, though. Yes. Uh, I, I thought he was a really athletic guy at 245. Now he's almost 270. And, uh, you know, he's got good feet quickness. So, I think pass rush, can you find somebody that delivers that? And then, you know, who's going to be the other guy? I mean, Tyrone Truesdale, we kind of know what he is. He's a guy that – he had three sacks last year, but he's going to be more of a take on a double team, do some of those things. Can Daquan Newkirk be that? DeAndre Butler, Marquise Burks. Hey, maybe he winds up being Jay Hardy. Maybe he winds up moving inside. Uh, who, who's the other tackle, and can you find somebody to deliver you you know, more of those plays on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Jason, I don't want to knock people that contribute to our message boards because it's a, it's a hell of a group. We got, we got some serious connection, connect, seriously connected insiders. 
But I don't think any of them saw coming what Philip Marshall, who works with us, wrote Friday, and that is that Jalen Simpson uh, – uh, gosh, I can't remember whether he even redshirted or not last year, Jason. Yeah, sure. But Okay, redshirt freshman Jalen Simpson pushing hard for the starting cornerback position opposite Roger McCreary. We'd heard so much about all the other guys. Uh, Pritchett. Uh, Marco Damio, the Juco signing, but very little about Jalen Simpson. Uh, you and I got to know him really well during the recruiting process. He's a confident guy. He played at a really small school, though. Uh, look, they won a lot of games. They won championships. But, yeah, I, look, even the coaches would tell you, hey, you know, it's not like playing uh, uh, Hoover or Grayson. I yes. mean, you know, the competition. So you didn't know how was he going to translate. But I, I remember, Jason, you and I were down in the, in the athletic lobby uh, right about the time, right before uh, Marcus Woodson, the former DB coach, left for, for FSU, we ran into him. And we said, what do you think about, you know, you're losing a lot of corners. What do you think about the returning DBs for next year, the returning corners? And, and Jalen Simpson was a guy. He said, guys, I am not worried about him at all. And lo and behold, he's pushing for a starting job. Uh, how do you feel about Auburn's cornerbacks? They, they lost some good ones here. How, what, what's your general feeling? Is it going to be an improved group or wait and see? Or what's your take on that? It's it's funny because I'm kind of writing about that too a little bit, but you know after listening to Kevin Steele um, talk about that they felt like they had five guys opposite Roger McCreary, then that's a that's a pretty good thing um, because you got to have depth. You're you're going to probably count on three or four of those other guys. You probably play four or five corners during the year and during a normal year. This year you might play all six of them, and who knows uh, how it goes. But um, Jalen Simpson's interesting because you know he's a guy that that you knew coming in needed to get bigger and stronger. Well, sometimes that, that happens, you know, that guys get bigger and stronger. They also get faster and more explosive the, the, the bigger they get. I think that's been the case with Jalen. I think last year, you know, they saw a guy that wasn't quite strong enough. And I think they wondered, okay, is this guy going to be able to play corner? Is he going to be fast? And, and well, as he's continued to gain weight and get stronger, he's also gotten quicker and, and, and faster. And so, uh, the ball skills are there. I mean, this guy, you mentioned the small school. They played everything, every position, offense, defense, everything. And normally those are guys that have pretty good ball skills. So, I mean, you look at him and Pritchett and Domeo and hey, Matthew Hill, Devin Barrett, that's a bunch of athletic guys. Um, and and I think with some experience, that's got a chance to, to, to end up being a pretty good group. You know, these weren't lowly rated guys, by the way. They, McCreary wasn't really highly rated. But they, these, these weren't guys that were totally slighted. I guess you could make an argument that McCreary has really exceeded what his high school ranking was. But, you know, one benefit, you know, bringing in guys of that, that range from McCreary to Jalen Simpson on the recruiting ranking scale is none of these guys, Jason, like we know them pretty well. We and you get to know them as well as anybody, quite frankly. I mean, they go to these press conferences. Sometimes they don't even know who's, who's interviewing them, but they know us because we go back with them. We go back a ways. This was a group of defensive backs that really came in without many egos, you know, now, Matthew Hill played the Under Armour, All Under Armour All America game and kicked the ball into the stands. <laughs> he was having fun doing some knuckleheaded stuff, but not a huge ego guy. Actually, a really quiet guy. Devin Barrett, confident but, but humble. Uh, Jalen Simpson, confident but humble. Roger McCreary, quiet. Just a friendly guy. Just a, you know, uh, those guys are coachable. Those guys work hard. Those guys are going to work to get better. And it seems like Auburn has identified a lot of these guys in recent years. Jamel Dean was the same way. Uh, and, and it's a work for Auburn. Uh, is there one surprise in the secondary? One guy you think maybe we're going to see more good stuff out of than, than anybody's really talking about? Or is it Simpson? 
Yeah, I, I think he's he's one of those guys. I, I tell you what, I really like the move of Jordan Peters to safety. Now, I think, you know, Jamie and Sherwood and Smoke Monday are, are, are you're going to be your starters more than likely. But I tell you what, Jordan Peters is a guy that understands football. You know, he's been a great special teams player, back healthy and full speed once again, you know, after being bothered by a knee injury. And uh, I, I look at Jordan Peters as a guy to me that because of his background as a corner and a nickel doing some of those things he could be a, become a really valuable player as a safety that can cover and have some range back there so I think Jordan Peters is a guy that maybe have a better season as kind of that third safety than, than people might expect yeah nobody's talking about Christian Tut and I know he made some preseason all SEC list and you know uh, there were times where he got in some matchup problems against Alabama, obviously. I mean, you know, you're never going to see a group of receivers like that again as long as you live probably on one college team. Uh, but I really like, you know, again, another humble guy, uh, a guy that works hard and is has value, added value because of his special teams work too. But, you know, uh, Auburn is very confident about what they have in the secondary. Of course, you know, so much of how they perform is going to be dependent on how the defensive line performs. Absolutely. There's no question about that. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jason, Cole Kubulik. Am I pronouncing his last name right? Oh, Kublik, yeah. Kublik. Yeah. Well, I know him, and you know you know him really well. I know him a little bit. Uh, works for ESPN. We see him at a lot of the Auburn games. Played at Auburn. I mean, just a guy that's uh, really active on Twitter, man. He's a really good Twitter guy and uh, puts up a lot of great stats, a lot of cool videos. So, uh, and I don't – he probably got this from Auburn but or Kentucky. But uh, this Auburn-Kentucky game, Auburn number eight in the country, Kentucky number 23. First time, he says, since 1955 – that these teams have met when they're both ranked. Now, granted, they don't play every year, uh, so that makes it a little bit harder to, you know. But that's a long time. And Kentucky is starting to get some respect again. They've had runs. They were pretty good at times in the 80s. Uh, they had pretty good run with uh, – uh, they had a good season with Tim Couch. Jared Lorenzen did some good things. They've had spurts, you know, good seasons here and there. Obviously, in the mid to late 70s, they were damn good. Uh, went 10-1 and one, one season. I believe they might have – been on probation when they did that but a great team um great great Kentucky team that almost won the SEC and, and was one of the best probably six or seven teams in the country but uh first time since 1955 that both of them are ranked but so I ask you this though you know name wise uh Kentucky's not you know, that's not a real sexy name in, in college football but why in your estimation you've been researching this team a lot you know a lot about them you've seen them play why is Kentucky a legit threat Saturday Jason Lines of scrimmage, um, that's first the, the first order of business right there. Got four starters back on an offensive line that they won eight games last year, won a bowl game with a wide receiver at quarterback that they couldn't throw the ball a lick, and they were still able to run the football. Um, that's amazing. Um, this is a physical offensive line group. Did I mention that defensive line? They got guys back. This is a defense that, um, you know, they put up some, some numbers. You, you look at Kentucky, I mean – they were number two in the country in pass defense, 14 in score defense, 21 in total defense. And this is a team that, that did some good things on defense, and that's what, you know, the Stoops family is known for um, is, is defense. And I tell you what, they've done a great job of identifying talent in the southeast that maybe other people have kind of gone, I don't know quite. They've done a great job of going out and getting those guys. I mean, they got a couple guys from the state of Alabama – um, you know, on offense, uh, you know, Cavassier Smoke, running back from Wetumpka, that was a, you know, was a guy that, that you know, was a big-time player for them and really came on as a senior 
And, you know, people were kind of waiting on him. Well, Kentucky didn't wait. They got him, and he's played, you know, good for them the last couple of years. But, yeah, I think it's the line of scrimmage to me. They're the lines of scrimmage. They're veteran. And Auburn's got, you know, some inexperience that's got to play. And so, especially the first game, that gives them, uh, I would think, a, a, an advantage going into this one. You know, such a big game for both teams. Obviously, Auburn's got Georgia in week two. God, you'd, you'd hate to lose this one knowing you got Georgia the next week. And then if you're Kentucky, after Auburn, you got Ole Miss at home, Mississippi State at home. They'd be favored in both of those games. At Tennessee, you'd think that'd be a winnable game. Georgia at home, uh, gosh, if you're sitting at 4-0, you got some confidence. Your guys are flying. You're, they're flying high. They're feeling good about themselves. Uh, and when you're confident, you're probably about 7 to 10 points better maybe than you actually are. So after that, at Mizzou, Vandy at home. I mean, these are you're, you're talking about a team that could be, uh, gosh, you know, seven and one or six and one, maybe going to Alabama on on November twenty first. So solid Kentucky team. You got to respect the job that Mark Stoops has done. It's, look, it's not an easy place to to win. You've got to go. Well, first of all, your recruiting base, Jason, isn't great. You don't have a ton of players in Kentucky, and the ones you do, you've got another program over in Louisville that you're battling with for the in-state guys. So you've got to go to Ohio. You've got to go to Florida. You've got to recruit Atlanta. You've got to find some, uh, some kind of undervalued talent in places like Alabama, and it's admirable what they've done. And, you know, they have actually, over the last couple of cycles, won some pretty decent-sized recruiting battles all of a sudden. We've seen them uh, even take on schools like Auburn and do some things. So Kentucky is a, a program that's in a good spot right now. This is a, this would be enormous for them if they could win this game. There's no question about that. Jason, just a couple quick keys for Auburn. We're going to have more podcasts throughout the week. Jason will be back, Mark Murphy, Philip Marshall. Um, but, Jason, a couple keys as we talk about this game uh, Sunday evening. Yeah, I, I think – for Auburn, plays, I should say. Yeah, ex- explosive plays on offense. You know, that's one of the things that – is is that's how you score points in bunches. Uh, we've seen it. We saw Rhett Lashley in that Miami offense. you got to create some explosive plays no matter who you are, but I think that's what Chad Marsh is looking for. So I think that's one of the keys. And I think as much as we've talked about it, I, I think seeing them be able to have some sustained offense. You know, you got to have explosive plays, but I think sustained offense meaning keep guys on the field personnel – move guys around. We've heard the wide receivers talk about it. So I think the key is being able to do those things and have success in it. Um, get the ball to the backs, tight ends, all those things. And then defensively, you know, with Terry Wilson coming back, Kentucky, they're going to – they probably throw it a little bit more. But this is still a team that wants to run the football. So how does that – how does that front hold up against the run? You can't let Kentucky – can't let Kentucky gash you on the ground. It will be a fascinating game, no doubt. Jason Caldwell from uh, Auburn Undercover and Inside the Auburn Tigers. Always great stuff from you. I'm glad I could call you a co-worker. This is Keith Niebuhr with Auburn Undercover and 24-7 Sports, and this is the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Be sure to rate us on iTunes. We need the, we need the votes. we got to work that algorithm and get more people to this podcast. It's doing great, but we want the numbers to grow. We appreciate everybody stopping by. Have a safe week, and we'll do it again in a couple days. And uh, it should be a fun one, Jason. We're, we're almost there, finally. Yes, and everybody, absolutely. yeah, take care, everybody. Thanks for stopping by.